Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. Welcome, Internet, to another episode of Fan Bros. This is Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, filling in as the captain of the spaceship. Shouts to DJ Ben Hameen, who's currently hunting down Kylo Ren for laying hands on Ray. In the meantime, we're here. <laughs> in the meantime, we're here to hold down Fan Bros. show. I, again, I am Tatiana King-Jones, a.k.a. Lambo Calrissian, Flex Luthor. And by the way, it's 2016. Hey. Happy uh, New Year. Hey, you guys, I need some new, new AKAs. So, Fan Bros, please tweet me with some new AKAs. Moving on to my left, I have... Chico Leo, the Wookiee from Brooklyn. Wholesaler Moon. <laughs> Afro Cheeks. <laughs> I got to come up with some new ones, too, for 2016. It's true. It's true. You know, we never mentioned, like, what chair you should in. Like, DJ Benami is typically in the captain's chair. I'm typically in the communications chair. I'm right. in horror, right? What chair are you in? Are you in, like, the security officer's chair? Oh, no. I'm, I'm the minister of information. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm in the minister of information. Wait, what, was, what, what was Spock's oh, thing? What, he just He's had, like he, the science officer. He's always oh, standing. Science science no, but he would, but he would stare into the thing that just kept spinning all right, the time. Right, 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 right. Over, but was he, like, staring over Uhura's shoulder also? Like... Sometimes, but not always. Sometimes, no. But he had his own little... Like, he had a station. Yeah, yeah. But he was standing. They didn't give him a chair. No chair for the Vulcan. No. It's pretty outrageous. And you've probably already heard the voice of... Kim Sony and Space Ghost producer. Happy New Year, everybody. Salute to the fan bros. Thanks for all your support over the years. A.K.A. Mm-hmm. Felsa Doom Hair. A.K.A. Reverse Racism Flash. <laughs> for 2016. <laughs> So Kim's is the only one who had a new AKA this See, year. See, because I'm not always on air. I have time to think about right. these things. Right, exactly. No, no, seriously, you guys. Tell us. If, if you guys have some new new nicknames for us, let us know on the Fan Bros Twitter or even email us, contact us at fanbros.com. But in the meantime, like I said, welcome to 2016. We made it. We, what have you guys been doing? You know what's interesting? Uh, internets, you guys don't know, Fan Bros, Tatiana showed up to the studio <laughs> with the Tesseract pie. That's right. We requested it, Ty the Robot. We tweeted it out of her, and she actually showed up. You can't hear that humming right now? Yeah, there it is. That humming? It's glowing. In your minds, picture a square pie glowing. <laughs> if you want to know what's in the suitcase in Pulp Fiction, this it is, is this pie. It is a sweet potato pie made by the one and only Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle, Galactus herself. Yeah. So yeah, we we got patty pies for twenty sixteen. <laughs> I don't know if that's much that's of it. That's a come up. That's is that the come up in New York City? I think that's pretty much the tesseract pie right there. Yeah, it, it is very hard actually. So it, yeah, actually we shouldn't even eat it. We should like sell it, like put it on eBay. Yeah, and then like maybe I don't know. I mean, maybe it was like back when like Homeboy first did that song, but you know, was singing about right. patty and right. all that stuff. Right. But you know, maybe we get Chico to sing on my own or something, right? It could happen. It could happen. I think it's been su- suggested. It's interesting that Troy, the engineer, just came in as we started talking about the uh, the pie. Yeah. That's not a coincidence, <laughs> I think. He heard it from down. Yep. <laughs> Literally, no, haven't seen him all show, and then suddenly... <laughs> Troy wants some pie. Suddenly, we start talking about the pie, and, and Troy comes in. Chico, how was your holiday break? 
it was good. I think like everyone else's, it was not long enough. I was really, uh, it was, it was uh, the, the beautiful weather during the break was amazing, contrasted with this um, horrific Arctic <laughs> blast, this Hothian, you know, uh, winterscape that we're all dealing with right now, cutting open tauntauns and climbing inside of them, people coughing all over you on the subway. I mean, this pisses me off specifically because it was like damn near spring, summer for, for uh, Christmas. And then like freaking clockwork, January hits, which, yep. is, which is also my birthday month, January 14th. Right. January hits, and as you say, the Hothian exposure, yeah. this immediate. What the fuck? This is the Revenant, actually. I don't know if anybody's seen the Revenant yet, but this is definitely Revenant weather. In New yeah, York. I mean, this is. I mean, this is. It, I was wearing shorts five days ago. Right. Like literally, I was yeah. wearing shorts, and now people are wiping their nose and leaving their snot Ew. on the pole, on the subway, and on the escalators. <laughs> I mean, it's it's literally like 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 the 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 stuff the alien leaves behind. Ugh. Like you know, like the you know, all over the place. Oh, it's nasty. It's nasty. Oh gosh. Well, you know, we we are very just what just a few days into 2016 and you would think that we would have some days of just paradise. Just just a little bit right. until before before the madness starts. But um nah, nah, 2015 uh, 2016 uh came and immediately we got hit with this this Oregon under attack. Yeah. Hashtag because I'm not doing any others. You're talking about y'all Qaeda? I'm talking, talking about, about vanilla ISIS. I'm talking about y'all Qaeda. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, because I'm about to go into this, I have to introduce this properly. This week in the N word. Yes, this week in the N word, Chico. <laughs> y'all Qaeda. So, I, you guys have had to known about this already, but. If if someone would like to just do a quick, quick just overview of what's going on right now. So people in in the ranchers in the West have always bridled against the federal government, <laughs> you know, and and uh, in 2014, this guy, Cliven Bundy, mm-hmm. who had been grazing his cows on public land. I mean, it was Fe- literally a.k.a. federal land. Yeah. It literally, not your not show li- land. Right. It's our land. Literally, it would be like him taking to his cows to Prospect Park or Central Park and letting them eat all the grass there. Right. And so the government took his cows, which you know they had every right Was to he do. Not also, not paying his dues. Oh yeah, to yeah, use he the owed. Stuff yeah, like that. yeah. So, and um, and then he got all his friends with their guns. The militia guys, they came and were pointing guns at cops, at federal officers, and stuff like that. And here's the thing. I mean, I don't. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Barack Obama. I don't like criticizing him. I I felt like you know they backed down too quickly. And the reason they backed down was because in the 90s, these same, not the same individuals, but the, you know, these sort of white militia dudes, they they got um, at Ruby Ridge and at, um, where was the, at the, the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, Texas, mm. they got like massacred by the by the government. And like at Ruby Ridge, so you think they've they this... killed, yeah, they killed this guy's whole family. So they have this grudge that's been. Well, no, but the, the government is trying not to overreact. Because they feel like they overreacted before. But. 
how do you not overreact to someone who's holding a gun in your face? Right. They were pointing guns at, at you're not supposed, I mean, you can't right. be. So let's fast forward to what's happening now because. So now, and now my understanding is I've heard several things. Um, wait, wait, wait. But what actually happened? What actually, so these, all right, yes. some dudes came in and basically took over a Bureau of Land Management built se- several buildings that were empty. Because? Um, now this is, the, this is because two ranchers who had started an arson fire to cover their own illegal hunting mm-hmm. had been arrested and they got um very small sentences like three months the Hammond, or a the year Hammond, yeah the Hammonds and it turns out their crimes they committed there was a five-year minimum and so after they got released this was a father and son after they actually got released and I've actually never heard of this happening uh, another judge was like no there's a five-year minimum you, you have to go. go back so I've actually go. never heard of that but the dudes were told to report back and so at that point, the- um, So in protest, quote, unquote. Right, in protest, a whole bunch of armed guys- mm-hmm. Yeah, and let's be clear. These are not militiamen. There's a difference between a militia and a bunch of armed right, guys. Right, they're self. They call themselves a militia. You're not a militia, right. number one. Okay? No, they're a gang. I mean, You're you know- You're a freaking gang. Right. And a bunch, as you say, quote, unquote, armed guys. Right. Continue. And um, showed up and took over these buildings. Um, federal, now, federal property. Right, again, right, right. Once again- and they said that they're not going to leave until the federal government gets out of there. Like, the, the, they want, I think their demands are that the land get returned to the ranchers and the uh, and and the farmers in the area. Which is funny because land doesn't belong to ranchers or farmers. It technically right. belongs to Native Americans. It, but- right, right, exactly. So, it, it te- I mean, well, technically on paper it, it, it belongs to the U.S. government, but the U.S. government stole it from yeah, Native yeah, Americans. Yeah, yeah. And so basically, they want to steal the land that the that America stole from the Native Americans <laughs> from America. They want to steal it back from the front of these. Right. <laughs> and these are the same people who, of course, all have, mil- you know, a lot of them are ex-military guys who, who get, you know, benefits from the government. Uh, a lot of these people are older. They get Social Security. You know, when, they're, when their children get fired from jobs, they get unemployment. I mean, like, these are people who definitely are getting money from the government. Who, of course, they you know they they all they see is the government being so. Some... What's the big dichotomy? I mean, what what what's my takeaway of this? So the big dichotomy is that a black kid is playing with a toy right. gun in a okay. park who's twelve years Timmy old, Rice. and they roll right in. And two seconds after the car stops, they shoot him. And these, these guys... dudes roll in and are pointing guns. And apparently, I've heard are 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 they now have human shields, which is like their own family members who Possibly. are children. Listen, but but but. Not just the fact that they have the guns and they're pointing guns and stuff. Let's let's add on to the truth, which is they have said publicly a few times now that they are willing to kill or be killed right. in order to quote unquote protest and so on and so forth. Yeah, one of the dudes said, "I didn't come here to shoot anyone. I came here to die." Like, right, but, that, but so, but so everybody got up in arms because of the dichotomy between, like, if these guys were black, they would clearly be shot. Or Muslim, oh, they'd be dead or Muslim, they'd be, Muslim, dead. They'd be dead. If already. they were Muslim, they w- we would have just bombed. But the isn't there? Haven't people been saying that that's not completely true? Like, it's not right. that easy to so, equate. I think. Well, in a, I I see where that where where that came from, but the problem is that the, what the real scrutiny is not just about the, the whether it's the equa- the equation is right or wrong. It's more so about the response and 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 the way that they respond depending on the color of the person that they're that they're combating you or or they're confronting. Sorry. So for instance, when you have protests for Black Lives Matter, 
for right. the most recent one that happened in the Mall of America, right. they are received with full paramilitary right. response. Right. I When I say paramilitary, right. I'm talking about real as ARs, like stuff right. like that. Right. I mean, as, as um, Talib Kweli, if you go on his Instagram, he said they secured the shit out of that escalator that they was coming down. Right. right. But and that's that response for, for people who are literally unarmed, armed with nothing but but their words and right. their own internal power. So whereas now you have this situation where you have people who are armed and who have stated that they will right. kill or end or be killed. And the response is, oh, let's let's negotiate. The thing is what what Kimson's talking about and Jamel Bowie, who writes for Slate, had an article that I read today. You have to, you can't look at this situation without taking the Ruby Ridge and Waco thing. So they they showed up with paramilitary response at the Mall of America. At Waco, they actually showed up with military. Like, they had actual no, tanks. No, that was the ATF. Though. And they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they firebombed it, killed yeah. a whole bunch of women no, 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 and children. I saw that. I, there's actually, for fan bros out there, there's a great documentary on Waco called Rules of Engagement. Right. It's three hours long. But, but it's really it, dope. It's really, really good. But yeah, that was out of control. That and, was like, that and was with the Ruby Ridge thing, the guy was a white supremacist who ba- he sold a sawed-off shotgun that was literally one half inch uh, less than the legal length for like a shotgun. And they they showed up, put his family under. They had snipers right. or whatever. Anyway, the snipers killed his whole family, but mm-hmm. not him. Mm-hmm. There's actually a really good made-for-TV thing. But what are you thing. saying? You're so saying... no, the point is that the government. The, and and that created a lot of what is now this modern militia movement were those two events. Right. And that's why the government backed down when Clive and Bundy, you know, was grazing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they just gave him his cattle back. I actually did feel that the government needed to to have a much harsher response to that. I think because then this response. is what I don't happens. think they need to shoot anybody. I get right. that, but they don't need to shoot Tamir. They don't need right. to of respond to real protesters right. with 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 really right. violent a violent response. And people don't understand it. Just because no one got shot doesn't mean it wasn't a violent response. The government or whomever or the state whomever yeah. coming to you as a verbal protests are coming to you with guns that is a violent response no and there's people who still have court dates pending from the mall of america thing you know they were right. they, they were they were definitely just exercising their american right to protest right. and um, and your right to protest is more important than a mall right and and don't you think your right to protest with if it's an open carry state you're allowed to carry a gun right these ranchers but, they're not carrying guns yeah. illegally this is that. This, this is, is like the, legal. Right. This is what although, the Black Panthers although, were fighting. Right. Ohio is an open carry state. But right. No, that's rice was it. You know, this was also the situation. What people brought about. If you want to say, oh, I don't want to equate it, but with Tamir, he was right. an open carry state. Right. No. Right. No. 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 That. That. That's a, no. That's a tragedy. I just think that you know, anytime we're gonna see a black person with a gun and then a white person with a gun, this is gonna flare up. Right. Like you know, if you're you, this open carry stuff is just it, it's it's clearly like some of it is an antagonizing. It's to get this kind of reaction but i also feel like twitter responds mad quick Very and a quick. lot of times the facts and just in general i think no matter what the news story is people just respond without fact checking right and even like proper sources you know and i'm not saying this is the, that kind of thing but i did see that you know people flared up mad quick without really seeing the layers of what the situation and, was. and again like power quoting the jamel Bowie thing in slate it's like you can't look at this without looking at ruby ridge and waco where they did come in with tanks and blew a lot of shit like the government came in with tanks. i mean but you know they blew up move too like right, right? Yeah. philadelphia yeah. you yes. know they, I was just they gonna, did it, yeah, let it let it burn that was let a, it burn. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was yeah. a yeah. previous so, uh, chico and, pick of the and week and that's actually the the the, the today is the uh the it, today is the anniversary of the move so. that's right 1985 yeah I think. while we're mentioning guns um president obama did speak today about again about gun control um right. to the point where he was actually crying right 
um, he brought up the fact that he was remembering the children who uh, died in uh, what was the name of the school? Sandy Hook. Yep. Um, and just 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 our our rampant issue with with mass shootings in this country in general. I, I gotta say, I, I remember seeing an interview like a month ago with Spike Lee when he was promoting Chirac, Chirac mm-hmm. and he expressed real shock. He said that, um, you know, that the Sandy Hook event, the reason it was so crazy was that all the children were white. You're talking about, like, fo- like white babies getting murdered. And he said if that isn't going to change anything in yeah. America, then literally nothing is going to change mm. anything yeah. in America. And it's really true. I mean, that, that event was so different than anything and i'm not not because the kids were whiter but someone going in and shooting just you know, full cl- 20 kids. some odd you know babies, babies i mean yeah. you know like they were the old they were graders. yeah i mean you know and 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 for that of not to have and you know you had parents going out and testifying before congress and still nothing and joe the plumber coming out and saying my right to own a gun you know trumps your grief or whatever just really really terrible shitty stuff um, you know, I'm all in favor. My worry is that, you know, A, mentally, in terms of Obama, that mentally ill people are going to get a little bit of the blame, you know, because they're talking about, you know, strengthening mental illness, mm-hmm. things around mental illness and people owning guns. And I just, I, I, but- I completely agree with mm-hmm. everything that he did. I just mm-hmm. wonder how much of an effect is that going to have? I mean, ultimately, if... <laughs> Chico's got a, got a lot to say well, about this. Well, if there's 30,000 people <laughs> killed by guns and, and then next year there's 29,000, so that's sl- an effect. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, positive. Yeah, yeah. But, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I got, we, we need that real Magneto who could just, like, really deal with like, the metal. Right. Well, you know... <laughs> and really regulate metal. We need, Please. like, a real... Also, gun stocks, then, gun no, stocks are through the no, roof. You know right, right. Every time Obama you know does this, right. people but go you know out and buy like happened. 50 guns. Well, you know what happened? These, these, these militiamen people would be right. like, Magnino's trying to steal our guns. That's right. He's trying to take our guns. <laughs> you think they have that kind of accent? Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's actually straight out of South Park. <laughs> you can take our guns. See, my thing whatever, is whatever, No, this whatever. is the problem is that is that, you know, the Siri the Siri Can you do a whole show with that accent? With this accent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> From here on in for the rest of the show, you got This week in the N word. Yeah. <laughs> that's official. We're talking about these haters who's trying to take our guns. <laughs> this America. <laughs> Well, my thing is, so eventually climate change is really going to affect America. Wait, no, check it out. This is it. This is it right here. Get ready, fam, bro. All these white dudes with guns who are in the south and in the southwest, as soon as there's no water, they're going to come north, and they all have like 20 guns each. And we're and they're gonna come here, and nobody here has a gun, and they're gonna just come up and take all our shit. So wait, so wait, how does this how do, how does this tie into your escape route, your zombie escape route? <laughs> all right, with the with the floating with thing. the floating, oh, absolutely. With the floating. Yeah. No, the pro, the only problem with that there's th- four avenues between me and the water, and okay. I don't know how I'm going through because I'm gonna be on a rubber raft that's just inflated on wheels. No, but so I'm not gonna right. be able to stop when I'm going through the avenue traffic. Wait, but don't you have like the submersible kind, like the kind that goes on land and I mean, water? I don't have anything now right but i mean you're resting i know in your backyard you're doomsday prepping (laughs) dude i'm building my ark like noah all right fam bros me and chico leo is going to find rick grimes and michonne and in the meantime that's right we're just gonna we are rick grimes and michonne (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna go on a quick break and we'll be back with more fam bros this is DJ Maceo, a.k.a. Dr. Spock. This is Jojo from Trendsetters. You know what it is. It's your boy, Young Guru, a.k.a. The Beast, a.k.a. Hank McCoy, a.k.a. Not a Brahma. Hey, yo, 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 this is Foul Munch. 
Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood superhero, Jean Grey. What's up? This is Spike Lee from the Republic of Brooklyn, New York. This is Juno Diaz. Hey, yo, 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 yo. What up? It's Prodigy from the infamous Mob Deep, man, the H&IC. You know what I'm saying? This is Anthony Frazier from the Fat Startup. This is Axel Alonso, editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. Yo, this is Carly Hustle, and when I'm not taking over the world, I'm listening to Fan Bros. Welcome back, Fan Bros, to this fantastic episode of Fan Bros Show. I am Tatiana King-Jones, filling in for DJ Ben Amin. In the meantime, we have Mr. Chico Leal himself and the Space Ghost producer, Kinsonian. And we're going to talk more about one of our favorite segments. Wait, we're not going to eat that pie? Listen, <laughs> the, pie, <laughs> the pie is coming, but I have something better for you right now. I have okay. some guac for you, all right? Oh, excellent, excellent. The geekly ask questions where the fan bros ask the fan bros questions. <laughs> Um, the first is from Here to Infinity, who asks, uh, what are your thoughts and or feelings about Futurama? So I watched the pilot of Futurama when it aired, and I was very disappointed. And I think oh. it aired after like an episode of The Simpsons. Wait, did you say the pilot? Yeah. Like so when, you're going all the way back to the beginning. I'm going back to the beginning. And, and I was disappointed, and then I might have watched a couple of episodes um, here and there, and then I kind of gave up on it. However, when it went into syndication okay. or you know whatever, I, I I came back to it, and I definitely think I I think it was ahead of its time. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff on TV doing like a you know genre mm-hmm. comedy stuff like um, you know the the Venture Brothers or Archer or things like that, and. Um, I think my issue with that, uh, with the show always, was that Fry, the main character, is just is by far and away the least interesting. It's sort of like Mar- oh, Marco Polo, the but that dude. That was on purpose. Yeah, but it's like the, again having the sort of white guy as your entry point, where all these other characters are, you know, Leela, um, the the Cyclopean alien mm-hmm. lady, but with Katie Segal. I think that she's done more for people with one eye in terms of representation than you know anyone up until maybe Samuel Jackson. So she's in, not right in, right in in as as Nick Fury. Wow. And um, you know, I I just think and, and and it brought a lot of like there were a lot of running jokes like with the the heads in the you in know the, the frozen the- heads in the in in the, in the glass jars that I really did come to come to like it and um, and I I think it was ahead of its time. And I think it took a little time to find itself, yeah. but I definitely think it's an important classic. And when people are looking back at this time a thousand years from now, that that would be a, a relatively interesting uh, show for people to look at. Yeah. And I mostly agree with you, Chico. I, I'm not going to go back as far back as like the primordial ooze of right. Futurama, but I really started watching when by the time you know it was really in syndication like that. And as you said, I thought that it was. Um, it was futuristic, if you will, for that cartoon medium because um, a lot of the points that you mentioned, it was really a riff on modern society. Right. Like you had things, as you said, you had the heads in the glass jars, but then you had things like the suicide booths. Yes. And um, you had like like evil Santa running around. You know, he 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 is the product of 
of uh, consumerism and he's running around basically killing people, which is it's interesting enough because people, you know, will kill themselves just to celebrate Christmas. But um, I really enjoy Futurama. I mean, I don't I, I wouldn't say I watch on a regular basis but if I'm sitting around the house and it happens to be on and I'm not doing anything. Yeah, I'll definitely watch it. It's, it's it is really fun to watch it is very funny more so in the later years yeah uh and as you said yeah fry's boring but i think that's the whole idea like you're supposed to come to this vanilla boring white guy you you enter in the series that way right. and then you are literally met with a new world of characters of races of 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 whatever these you know the krings yeah, people yeah, yeah, things yeah. are you know like it's dr it's, zoidberg yeah zoidberg like oh i love the the jamaican doctor yes like uh, <laughs> It's just ridiculous. So anyway, our answer is we love Futurama. Um, the, in the beginning, it was kind of weak, but yeah. overall, it's a great series. Definitely a classic. Definitely worth watching. Uh, the next squat question comes from Moto HDDK, who asks, "When and where will you guys cosplay again?" Ben Hamin actually sent in his own answer. Like he just beamed it in real quick. He actually said ASAP. Right now, he's deciding between either Finn or Kylo Ren for his next cosplay. Chico, he actually wants you to be DJ Khaled on a jet ski. Oh, making making the getaway. Yeah, oh, I like that. Or getting lost at sea, which actually did happen. Right. With oh, DJ Khaled okay. All right. <laughs> um, I don't know about me, but I, I'm all for cosplaying. Uh, I obviously I would prefer to cosplay like black female superhero. Right. Um, if you guys have any ideas or think something would be dope, definitely tweet us. Um, and also thanks to Moto HDK for helping Mr. Ben Amin become Nintendo Easy E for Comic-Con 2015. If you guys haven't seen those pictures yet, definitely go to fanbros.com, type in NYCC, and you'll see some really cool pictures of DJ Ben Amin cosplaying. Well, we will certainly be cosplaying at Comic-Con yes. on some level, and I, I imagine that we'll be doing another cosplay event because the one that we did was so damn successful. It was so damn successful. And fun. The Crossplay Cosplay Contest. So again, if you guys want to see more of that, Definitely let us know. Hit us up. Uh, next, we have a question from Hall of James. He asks, which superhero villain would you like to see turn into a film or series? Mm. Specifically villain? Superhero yes. or villain. Oh, superhero or villain. Um, that, that That's a great question. Um, well, I'm going to, in keeping with... Uh, you know, with with our guests, um, I would love to see Torok Dinosaur Hunter uh, as, as an ongoing series. Um, that that would be the hero one. Um, let me. I'm going to cogitate on what villain I would Ooh, like to see. Uh, nice words. Yeah, Chico. I'm let you guys uh, take that for a second, and then I'm going to I'm going to come back. Cogitate. Because you know, Lucifer is actually coming as a TV series next which, month, which I actually was just like. They literally are putting the devil on TV. Right. If the but, devil's not already on TV, they've literally put right. The and of course, on he TV. moves to LA. But it, I think and of course, he's based, on Fox. It's ba yes, and it's based on a, the Vertigo comic, I believe. Um, but uh, what 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 about you? What superhero and and or villain? Uh... You know, the most recent comic that has really well, I guess it's a series of heroes slash villains. And you said one of their names actually, Lucifer, but in a different context of the Wicked and the Divine. Oh wow! Now I I thought that there were we talked about it last year that there was some rumblings that this was being optioned for TV. We're not sure, but I would love to see that come to life. I'm also would be very scared because I feel like it, it can be easily be ruined. Um, the book is just that damn good. Um, but you know if 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 we had a good team to 
to bring it to life, I would be just in awe. And I would love to see that. Um, ben Amin is beaming in once again because he said that he wants to see Saga. He says, but only as an adult-themed animation with a huge budget. If not that, then he would like Why the Last Man as an HBO series. Um, he will also like to see Chew, um, but it's supposed to be an animated series soon. We, I think we talked about that as well. And in general, anything from Milestone, he would definitely like to see. But in particular, Icon. But in particular, Icon, yes. yes, yes, yes. So I've got my, I've got my answer. I would like to see a series, a TV series, about Khan and his people from Wrath of Khan or from oh. Into Darkness, like before, like what happened to them, like you know, w which is all described in both movies. Mm -hmm. But I would like to see Khan and and his people before they get caught up with the, yeah. the Enterprise people. And the other thing is, uh, I would like to see a series. And I think this is such a no-brainer. I don't know why they never did this in the comics. And I've thought this way before Gotham came out. There should be a series about Bruce Wayne in Europe when he's like 17 or 18. It's it's You get a little bit of it in the beginning of the first Christopher Nolan movie. But Bruce Wayne, after having left America, when he goes to travel around the world to learn about being Batman... And like, say, a 17 to 20-year-old Bruce Wayne learning to be a ninja, studying with like Italian con artists and all this all over Europe and all over the world. Mm -hmm. And it would be like a globetrotting thing where in like one episode, sort of like young Indiana Jones, one episode he's in India, mm -hmm. and one episode he's in Mongolia, and one episode he's in South America. That'd be dope. That would be dope. And I can't believe they never did a comics, you know, a comic series, on that, and that would be such a good TV show. You want to be the showrunner, Chico? You I should. would, you and frankly, you could just do that with that and just change the name of Bruce Wayne and 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 have a have a dope show. But that's an area that's like really important. Like mm -hmm. you know, before he comes back yeah, to Gotham, he, he you know, is... he's away for a couple of years, yeah. learning lock picking and all the other Batman stuff. You know, so that that I would like to see. So those are I'd like to see a con, a series about con, and a series about. The teen, the you know, early adult Bruce Wayne, you know, learning abroad to be Batman. Gotcha. Yeah, that's my answer. All right, fan bros, if you have a, a very superhero or super villain that you want to see turn into a film or series, hit us up and let us know. Hit us up at contact at fanbros.com. If you have a long email or if you just want to drop us 140 characters, hit us up at, at fanbros.com. Now, what if they want to drop 10,000 characters? At fanbros shows the Twitter, but if you want to drop 10,000 characters, I guess you can come to fanbros.com too, right? <laughs> Maybe you could write a post for us about why you're a superhero villain should be turned into a film or TV series. And with that, we'll take a break and we'll be back with more greatness. Yo, this is Damian Lemon. And when I'm not uh, scrolling through X video, Bees, or whatever other site I like for pleasure, I'm listening to Fan Bros Podcast, Loudspeakers Network. Peace. Welcome back, Fan Bros, to this incredible episode of Fan Bros Show. As promised, we have the best of the best this year in 2016. Following an amazing 2015, we are entering in to this amazing, amazing interview with none other than Rafer Roberts. If you don't know who this guy is, we're going to teach you a lot today because this man right now, he's a creator, he's a writer, and he's an artist. He's most known for this underground comic, Plastic Farm. 
He's also the writer of Valiant Comics' Archer and Armstrong, The Adventures of Archer and Armstrong. And he's also the man behind Nightmare the Rat. And he actually is a big cat dude as well, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, my cats will remind me. There's a ton <laughs> of them in the house. So welcome to the Fanbro Show, Rafer. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Excellent, good, excellent. Good. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us tonight. How many okay. cats do you have? Uh, we currently have five cats. Wow. Um, yeah. Well, it wasn't planned. Uh, two years ago, um, right around two years ago, uh, cold winter, we took in a, a uh, pregnant stray that was coming around ah. the back door. And we thought she was about ready to pop because uh, she was so fat already. But uh, it took another month or two, and uh, she she pumped out eight kittens oh all God. at once. Wow. So, uh, yeah, we found homes for most of them. But um, after a while, you sort of get attached to them and yeah. sort of uh. end up keeping a bunch. So <laughs> Well, now that we're acquainted with your cats, let's get acquainted with you. <laughs> <laughs> so for fans, so, for, so, so just give us just a, an overview of who you are, what you do, especially for people who are not necessarily fans of Arch and Armstrong. Can you okay. just like, give us some background on that? Sure. Uh, well, Archer and Armstrong is the story of this 10,000-year-old immortal warrior poet named Armstrong. Uh, he's a big drunken oaf, uh, basically drinks himself through history. And uh, Archer is a teenage ex-fundamentalist uh, super ninja uh, who is teamed up. <laughs> With, uh, I like that combination. Big, yeah, who's uh, teamed up with this drunken oaf, and together they battle against uh, secret societies and like the weird and devious forces of the world. How long has this thought? Because because this sounds like an idea that's been in your head for quite a long time. Like, where did this? What did the whole idea of Archer Armstrong come from? Well, uh, the original version of Archer Armstrong Valiant put out uh, in the early 90s okay it was a barry windsor smith comic um and didn't jim shooter didn't jim shooter created or uh i'm not entirely sure who came up with the original idea i just i like to give it to to barry right okay cool yes uh, just it it seems like it sprung more out of his mind but uh i mean the original valiant was a jim shooter creation the, the the company as a whole um and then uh about two or three years ago, the entire Valiant uh, universe came back, uh, mm-hmm. all new and uh, all better. Uh, Fred Van Lenty uh, was writing it, um, and he did 25 issues of that, plus uh, 12 issues of Armstrong's time-traveling brother, uh, Ivar uh, Time Walker, which is really good, and people should check it out. Um, but then uh, Fred's moving on to other things, so they asked me to... Uh, pick up the reins of the new series starting over uh, with the new issue one. So while there is this back history to it, uh, the new series is really designed for people uh, who've never heard of Archer and Armstrong or me for that matter. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. But, but there is going to be an an Archer and Armstrong movie, right? Is that because Valiant I had heard was, you know, they, they had, they were sort of pushing a lot of their properties. And I thought I had read there was going to like last year that there was going to be an Archer and Armstrong movie coming up or am I, am I wrong about that? Uh, I think there's eventually going to be movies of everything. Right. Um, But they don't, I mean, the movie side of things is completely separate than the comic sides of things. Uh, which, so you're not you're not you're not you're not uh, handcuffed to anything. 
No, no. In in fact, really, the only time uh, movies come up is during like interviews or something. Uh, oh, whenever okay. I'm talking to like uh, my editors or anybody else at Valiant, uh, it's very easy to forget that there's movies coming out. Right. Just in the amount of freedom, uh, we're all basically just focused on putting out really good comics and. Uh, if and when the movies come out, it'll be great, and hopefully it'll drive more people to the comics, but really we're just focused on uh, telling our own stories right now and not beholden to Hollywood or anyone else at this, at this point. Right. So you explained how um, Archer Armstrong is, is pretty much the child of, of Barry Windsor Smith, and from what uh, DJ Ben Amin, who is actually the host of the show, he, uh, he says hello. Um, and also uh, Chico Leo, they've explained to me like this. This man is a god. So that being said, how do you feel to be stepping into those shoes? It's it's insane. Honestly, um, I worked at a comic shop back in the early 90s when all these books were coming out. So um, I remember reading them and, and really enjoying them. So being getting a chance to uh, put words into these characters mouths that I've I've been fans of for god it's like 25 years now yeah. i'm freaking old Ugh. maybe only uh, 20 but, didn't they didn't valiant start in like 94 i think it was earlier than that cause yeah. i graduated high school in 94 so it probably was like i think 92 wow okay was. yeah i'm an old old man now I'm decrepit <laughs> oh no acclaim acclaim bought them in 94 the the to go uh, with the video gamer that's what happened in 94 yeah. yeah so you're right 25 years almost 24 24 years it's incredible yeah. it's a yeah. lot more gray gray hair in my beard right now so <laughs> but yeah no it's crazy um but the it, the craziest part is that while the characters have been around that long uh this iteration of them has not been so they're still mm. relatively new there's not so much baggage that comes along with the characters like um like say trying to pick up and write superman at this point right, there's 75 yeah there's years and years of history and continuity that you have to kind of pay attention to but with archer and armstrong and really anything else in valiant it's still so new yeah. that as a writer coming in it's exciting because you really have a chance to help define who these characters are and set the course for their 75 to 150 year future history which right. is really kind of cool now are, are you approaching it since you're you're you know rebooting it are you approaching it like with like say you know and ideas for 10 years of stories or are you just sort of keeping it you know you're just thinking about the next year um and just to let people know uh the first issue comes out march 16th correct um I do have many years worth of stories in my mind. Right. Uh, some are more well-defined than others. Um, like the first 25 issues I have more or less fully gestated in my mind. Uh, beyond that, I think I could probably take it up to an issue 60 and have it to be like a, a nice storyline. But honestly, that's daydreaming at this point. Right, right now, I'm just uh, trying to focus on telling the best story I can in the next issue that I'm going to write. And then, uh, you know, like laying down uh, a path, uh, got to do it one stone at a time. So as long as I'm laying down good stones, the uh, the path will form itself, I think. Yeah, you're just placing a good foundation down, right? Yeah, right now I just really want to make sure I do a good job here at the beginning and let the next 
however many issues uh, take care of themselves, really. Gotcha. And so you actually already alluded to it, but like the recent re- the recent relaunch of um, a lot of these Valiant characters has been getting some great feedback. And obviously, you know, you're having these options now for films and other things. Uh, what, in your opinion, makes Valiant characters so viable and makes them so... I don't know. I, I guess I don't even know. I don't want to use the word easy, but what makes you think that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anything is easy. But what makes you think yeah. that it, it, it's working so well right now? Well, the characters themselves have uh, just really good aspects to them. Uh, whether it be Archer and Armstrong or uh, some of the other characters like Exo Manowar, telling the basic concept of it is a. Uh, in his case, uh, he's a Visigoth barbarian who's gotten the most futuristic uh, suit of armor in the world and has now taken over countries. So it's like Conan in mm. an Iron Man outfit or yeah. um, Ninjak, who's like James Bond, but also uh, super ninja with all the tech that goes along with it. Mm. And, and just like the high concepts of the characters are great. Turok uh, dinosaur hunter. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, um, <laughs> Chico's infatuated with dinosaurs. So <laughs> I am. Yeah. Is Turok but, not part of the Valiant universe? No, he's dynamite now. Oh, he's, uh, okay. All the gold key characters got, um, were, uh, got split off during uh early 2000s i think the ips got split up at a different auction or something i'm not really too sure about the legalities of everything i just know that sure sure uh, i can't use any of them so are the Uh, other valiant characters going to be appearing in archer and armstrong or other ones will or uh yes cool uh there will be other uh some guest appearances coming up i'm not sure how much i'm allowed to talk about that just yet i'd like to try to keep some surprises but absolutely uh, yeah yeah archer armstrong do not exist on an island unto themselves but um to finish uh answering the other question uh because you can have the best high concept of a character but i think what valiant has done well has hired um some really good talent to shepherd these characters along i mean if you look at the quality of the other writers that they've hired so far whether it be like uh jeff lemire uh, matt kent fred van lenti uh robert venditti uh people i'm forgetting to name right now who will be mad at me later but really it's they've hired some really good people to push these characters forward and that's really what attracted me to try to join them in the first place which and it's exciting and somewhat intimidating now you you come come definitely out of the indie world um it would uh, right would you would you say uh and yeah and, yeah and and absolutely and and uh you've done a lot of um you know sort of kickstarter and and patreon and and things like that to um you know is is this the first sort of uh you know major work for me for one of the sort of bigger companies um i know jeff lemire did sweet tooth that i was a really mm-hmm. big fan of uh for vertigo but it, se- it sounds like a lot of they're 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 you know they they didn't go into that that sort of same pool of the same people who who use the same names that you can that you keep seeing and and so it's interesting that they they got a lot of uh, people you know from from more indie world. Yeah, I I think that's uh, completely on purpose as well. I mean, what Valiant, as far as I'm aware, is trying to do is to do something different. Uh, they're not trying to be Marvel or DC. They're trying mm-hmm. to be their own thing. And when you bring in uh, creative minds from the indie and underground DIY sort of aspect of comics and put them in charge of a superhero universe, you're going to come up on its own with something different, something uh, people haven't seen before, approaching superheroes from more of a sideways uh, perspective. 
And how was your experience using Patreon and, and Kickstarter and other things, you know, sort of bypassing the, you know, uh, you know, a major publisher and dealing directly with the readers slash fans? I'll admit that my Patreon, uh, I haven't really used it to its full potential. I've basically been using it as a subscription service for uh, Plastic Farm, which I've kind of fallen behind on my publishing schedule on that, what with working with Valiant and uh, some of my other side projects. But Kickstarter has been really a godsend for the DIY and uh, underground independent comics community. Just in terms of promotion, getting excitement behind a product, being able to generate pre-orders. Uh, and that's really how I've used Kickstarter. Every single one of my projects that I've ever taken to Kickstarter has been done. Like, it's just been... That's the files great. Are yeah. yeah, the files are ready. I just need the money to pay the printer. Uh, so I've really used it as a pre-ordering service in that. And I think that's really helped with getting repeat kickstarter backers to come back because usually i'll try to completely fulfill the campaign once it's ended within two months uh the nightmare of the rat one i did i think i was done sending everything out within a month after the campaign ended wow. which yeah so some of the best compliments i've gotten weren't, weren't really about the product itself mm. but just the timeliness of getting the stuff to the people which is really what i was going for because no one wants to do that for months on end it's torture yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> having all the stuff in your house get it out of my house <laughs> so you know i have it's kind of a two-part question regarding uh valiant and well the first is just from your point of view I, you mentioned how valiant is just different from marvel and dc um apparently obviously with the characters themselves i mean these, mm -hmm. this is really um, independent, new kind of way of thinking. Do you feel from that that Valiant tackles the idea of diversity? Um, you can you can name it rather. You can you can explain in the terms of the characters themselves, or even the people behind the scenes. Uh, in terms of the characters themselves, I'd say they are very diverse. Like there's characters uh, from various ethnicities and backgrounds, mm -hmm. um, sexuality mm. perspectives. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Like, there's characters in Harbinger who've, I don't know if it's completely come across that uh, the main character of Chris has had feelings for one of the other women on the team. Mm. Uh, so I think there's uh, been a little bit of an exploration of uh, possibly her bisexuality, um, but it's not my book, so I'm not really, right. uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the authority on that one. Well, well, but then in other yeah. like super teams, like uh, Unity's had Live Wires, African American, and Archer and Armstrong, Mary Maria mm. is uh, South American. How about yeah, how about why, Armstrong? He's he's uh, he's definitely know, like a hedonist, right? right. So <laughs> so has, have, is that something that's ever been uh, pursued? You know, throughout history, ten thousand years of partying. You know, he might have uh, he might have tried some things. No. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'll be able to explore that too much in the book, but I would certainly think that um, he seems to be the type of guy who would try anything once. Right. Or um, even if he wasn't into it, he's drank, he drinks a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> he might not remember it. I'd say, I mean, he's a big, he's a big bear looking guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
it just made me think of like that whole world with like bears and oh yeah no there's furries the, and stuff like yeah that. there's, there's a oh, bear God. world did they did they offer you archer and armstrong in particular did they say hey are you interested in any of our properties and that was one that you had been reading back in high school and you you were like no this is definitely the one that um, i want to do or are there other you know uh valiant characters or even from other other um you know publishers that you might be into you know like what would your dream you know characters be to write you know in in that universe or others uh within the valiant universe uh, i think archer armstrong is a pretty good fit for me uh it's weird it's kind of mm. surreal it's funny uh but there is a great deal of heart at the center of it right which I kind of I like playing with, and it was one of the ones that was specifically asked for me to pitch for. Uh, Warren Simons, the editor in chief, asked me to pitch for uh, Archer and Armstrong and like just anything else that I felt like doing. Uh, but it was Archer and Armstrong that had the greatest resonance, I believe, with it. Well, I believe it's the one I'm get, getting to write. So yeah. Right. <laughs> as far as like other companies and such, I'm a pretty big Jack Kirby fan and. Well, I know that uh, Dan DiDio's pretty much got like all the fourth world stuff locked up, and I think he's pretty much uh, got the commandy stuff locked up as well. I wouldn't mind trying my hand at an old uh, Kirby property that isn't uh, being used right now. But like OMAC, One Man Army Corps? Yeah, I, but I think OMAC in uh, recent years has sort of deviated so much from yeah. the Kirby, uh, how he originally perceived it. It would be hard to go back to that. Even like uh, I know the demon is still out there. I don't oh, know yeah. if it would be possible to bring him back to an earlier uh, Kirby archetype, but maybe even something that uh, hasn't been used for a long time, like like his Boy Commandos or something. Uh, as far as DC's concerned, or um... Newsboy Legion. Oh no, they've actually yeah. yeah, those guys actually are totally in the Superboy continuity. Yeah, and I think uh, Morrison used them a little bit, right? Or at least their archetype in the Seven Soldiers. Right as well. Um, as Cla Clary and the Witch stuff, Boy was in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't read any of the new one though. I I haven't. I heard it was decent, but I guess not enough people were reading it. So Rafe, uh. <laughs> that's all right. So Rafe, I was actually I've um, earlier I was on your uh, site plasticfarm.com, and mm -hmm. I was like perusing some of your works, and the first thing that drew my all of my attention one hundred percent was the Thanos and Dark Side mini comic. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually um, the thing that got the attention of a couple editors and, and eventually led to me being able to write Archer and Armstrong. Wow. That, um, yeah, it's weird. Uh, you know, work 10, 15 years doing your own comics in the underground, and then uh, you partner up with a friend right. and do it. <laughs> do a goofy little fan comic and everybody's like oh who's this guy <laughs> i mean i gotta speak a little bit more on it because yeah. like i said it's just a mini comic and i know that you you actually released it during new york comic con mm -hmm. and like i said it's it's so like from from the little bit that i saw but it's so goofy like i first of all i i got so much information just by a few panels just looking at the art um and it just looks hilarious like there's one panel where they're in a carpool with uh doomsday or Doctor, sorry, not Doomsday, sorry, Doctor Doom, and yeah. I was just like, wait a minute, what's going on here? <laughs> like, <laughs> like how, like how did that even come about? Like, did you just sit there and say, oh, this would be really funny to just put these guys together in a room, and you know, what would they do if they were chatting over coffee or something like that? Like, where did that even come from? Well, that's, I mean, that's basically it. it oh, was, okay. Um, just, uh, Justin Jordan, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar, uh, also comics writer. been friends with him for a while, and I was uh, talking to him at New York Comic Con, and we were, like, you know, just shooting the breeze about uh, Baltimore. He was talking about uh, Thanos cosplayer he saw at Baltimore, and then later he saw a uh, Dark Side cosplayer, and they were both pretty good. And then later yeah. on, he saw them, like, leaving the show together. So he was like, oh, I guess they're buddies. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so and he was That's saying so cool. that. like. Yeah. Yeah, so then he said, uh, just made like the offhand comment of like, I'd like to just do a comic about them, you know, like carpooling together. And I said, I, and I'm going to draw that for you. And, and Mm. about, and literally a week later, uh, that first, uh, Thanos Dark Side Carpool Buddies of Doom comic came out. And, uh, it was such a kinetic, super fast uh super fun comic to do Mm -hmm. and it really seemed to resonate with a lot of people so it's like it became literally the most popular or the most read comic that either justin and i have ever done so of course we had to do a sequel so uh we made the title a lot more literal uh, by putting dr doom in the car for the second uh appearance uh so it's literally the carpool buddies of doom that uh, is awesome yeah and i think justin's trying to kill me with it because the third one he did is we put all their kids in the car too oh geez. which is <laughs> oh, no. which, which drawing six characters in one car and trying to keep the conversation and the panels all in the right order and keep the comedic timing yeah. i swear he's gonna put like their caretakers like the other people uh uh, who's that old man who took care of Doctor Doom? He's probably going to be in the car next time. Right, or, right. Um, or like oh all, wow! Or like the All Father will be like riding in the in the trunk. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wait, does Doctor Doom have kids? Well, he's Kristoff. Uh, oh, Kristoff. Of course, yes. Yeah. And then yeah. and yeah, no, I know. And Thanos has the the what are they? His daughters. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, yeah. we just did Nebula. Okay, uh, just the one daughter. Right, and um, of course, Orion yes, for, exactly. Uh, the ever pissed off Orion. Yes, and my uh, new favorite character draws the petulant teenage Orion. Right, just he's so angry and. That would be a good Twitter feed, like the emo Kylo Ren <laughs> Twitter stream that's been going on, like the teenage yeah, Orion just, just bitching about stuff. Yeah, you should do that. that. You you should talk, do it before someone else does. Yes. The minute this goes out, they might right. steal this idea. They might steal it. Yeah, exactly. At, at least at least go get the Twitter account. And you drew you could draw the you know the little Avi you know from straight from the comic. Yeah. That's cool. If I do it, I'm going to pretend it's not me though. Right. Yes. Well, so no. I mean, it's, yes. It's, it's teenage Orion. Petulant teenage you have Orion. Yeah, there is somebody on Twitter pretending to be uh, dark side, so it'd be fun to have arguments right. with that guy. I mean, and I know they'll play along. That's one thing about Twitter. Everyone loves to role play on there. Yeah, no, it was a big day for me when Darth Vader started following me on Twitter. So, you know. <laughs> so, you know, Rafer, we we've talked about a lot of your independent stuff and now it just seems at least from from the outside looking in, it just seems like you've pretty much broken into or you're breaking into more um more of the mainstream if you will so if other people who are in your position who are also indie artists that maybe feel like wow maybe he has the roadmap to you know where i want to be where <laughs> hey you never know like honestly like people particularly on this show like people see that hey you know they're doing what they love they're doing what people are enjoying so like what advice would you give to other people other indie artists or creators who are like really looking to get their stuff put out uh heard and seen keep putting it out there if you mm. do something good get it in front of the right set of eyes and things will happen mm. uh, and for me honestly i'm not kidding that thanos dark side 
book opened <laughs> so many doors. Uh, so just if you can just get the right thing to hit just sort of at the right time, uh, it it's amazing. Uh, but really, I wouldn't say you have to do stuff like that, mm-hmm. but just continue put out good product, make friends at conventions, go talk to people, and eventually the right person will see that and something will happen. But honestly, my entire comics career has never been about trying to be famous or trying to break into the mainstream. I've always Mm. just tried to make good comics and try to promote my comics and in in order to be... Yeah, to be true to myself, and it, and I wanted them to be successful so that I could make more comics. Ah. Uh, so it was sort of a continuing thing. Uh, I was always trying to – networking for me wasn't ever about trying to get a bigger, better job. It was about trying to get people, more people to read my comics. So mm. um, that's how I would have defined success. Uh, so you're not leaving with, the indie world behind then? I am no. Uh, <laughs> you're still doing. I mean, you're still going to continue your your projects that were ongoing. Yeah, as as much as I can. I mean, the mainstream books have deadlines yes. as opposed to the stuff that That's I right. have, yeah. uh, doing for myself. So they they do come first in terms of priority. But uh, there are times where I get ahead, or I'm just waiting for notes to come back, and those are the times where I'm working on my own stuff. That's great. Nice. Yep. Well, Rafer, you have survived the interview segment of our <laughs> of our uh, guest of on our podcast, and right. we are going to go right into our brap segment. That's our rapid fire question and answer segment. Um, okay. We say rapid fire, but if you want to expound on any question, um, totally go ahead. So right. I'm going to start it off. You ready? All right. All right. Number one, the Falcon or War Machine. Comics. Falcon movie War Machine. Ooh. Oh, see, that is an expert. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> he was like, I'm not even going to choose between one. I'm going to tell you the way this goes. Yeah. <laughs> Luke, Luke Cage or Black Panther? I'm going Black Panther just because of Kirby. Ah. Nice. The Wire or Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad because it was solid the entire time. Right, yeah, that last season of The Wire was a little bit yeah, of a letdown. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm with uh, Dark Side on that one. Right, wow. <laughs> Magneto or Professor X? Professor X. Lex Luthor or Doctor Doom? Doctor Doom. <laughs> nice. Doctor Strange or Madam Xanadu? Ooh, I'm way more into uh, Doctor Strange. I did grow up a Marvel kid, so that's probably influencing my decision on that. Right, one. no, that's but, okay. Uh, I do like the surrealness and the. Um, the drug-induced visuals that accompany uh, Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, Steve Ditko, man. Yeah. Judge Dredd or Judge Judy? <laughs> uh, Judge Dredd. <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Your favorite? Sorry, movie. sorry. I know that's okay. No, that's okay. That's okay. I know that's a topic of. Uh, Listen, uh, listen. I, on this show, like I'm the I'm the main Star Trek fan, so I'm constantly lambasted by Star Wars stuff. So continue, continue yeah. piling on is fine. <laughs> it's also right now we're in the you know the golden age, the yeah. new golden yeah. age yes. of Star Wars. Have, have you us. seen the new Star Wars? By the way, I've seen it twice. No, uh, oh, so not good. as much as uh, other people I know who've seen right. it like five or six times. But, but that but that means you like it. 
I did like it. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, your favorite Wesley Snipes movie? Blade 2. Yes. Yes. Uh, which character? No, no, no. Oh, no. no. <laughs> okay, okay. Revision? I'm, I'm, I'm going Demolition Man. Oh, oh yeah. Good. Yep. Yeah, I was going through the IMDb list in my brain there. It took me a while to get to Demolition Man. <laughs> I just like this character in that one. It was great. Yep. No, Dem- Demolition Man is still an underrated movie, I think. Uh, yeah, it was his character who wore uh, tires as shoulder pads, right? Or was that one somebody else in his group? Oh, I don't that I don't remember. Wow. Yeah, I liked even his like his costuming in it. it was oh great yeah, with the uh, purple mohawk. Oh yeah, it's great. Um, which character death struck you the worst in in any medium? You know, uh, video okay. games, comics, novels, songs. <laughs> oh man. The one that hit me the hardest? Yeah. Probably uh, Eddie from, uh, oh, can I, should I yeah, preface yeah. this with spoilers? Sure. Go, uh, spoiler, go ahead, sure. Uh, Dark Tower spoilers. Uh, no. Eddie in Dark Tower, book seven. The He uh, was the junkie that uh, Roland had picked up in on Earth and then uh, died in book seven. That one hurt pretty hard. Wow. But also... Oh, wow. Um, Oh, I'm going to go, w- and also whichever of the two uh, Wesley twins died at the end of uh Oh, Death of Harry Hollows. Potter, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Oh, oh no, wow. you're bringing thug tears to the eyes now. Don't that one hurt, that. that one hurt too. <laughs> yeah, so it's usually like books for some, I I think probably hit harder just because you're with them longer Yes. than in a movie or a TV show, but. Yeah. And um, they're in your head. They're in your head, yeah. I mean, the words are in your head, the, the, yeah. the descriptions, your imagination itself, yeah, totally. I completely understand that. All right. Yeah. And finally, if you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Uh, the ability to stop time, but me still be able to move around in it. I get so much more crap done during the day. <laughs> <laughs> and you could rob a lot of banks. Oh, yeah. See, you're thinking nefarious. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I could meet more deadlines. Right. <laughs> We're always trying to get more money here, Rafer. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. I was, I was like, oh, look, think of all the comics I could draw. <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, I could rob banks, too, and I wouldn't have to. Yeah, it's good, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Rafer. Thank you so much for this fantastic interview. We had a lot of fun with you tonight. Yeah, can, it was great. Can you please tell the fan bros where to find you, and just uh, whether it's on, uh, on social media or online, just tell them more about where they can find your work. Sure. Uh, my main website is just plasticfarm.com, all one word. Uh, and basically everywhere else on Twitter, I'm Plastic Farm. On Tumblr, I'm Plastic Farm. I'm very easy to find if you just remember Plastic Farm. Dope, dope. All right, fan bros, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with more fan bros show. My name is Jamie Broadnax from Black Girl Nerds, and when I'm not tweeting about nerd culture, I am listening to the Fan Bros Show. Welcome back, Fan Bros, to Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek. It is time for my favorite segment. Tech Talk with Tatiana. And this week in tech news is actually CES week, the Consumers Electronics Show. Um, I know a lot of people have been asking me about what's the new thing to look out for in 2016. Um, we're actually going to be putting up a few things on fanbros.com. So definitely be on the lookout this week and next week for some of the wrap ups and just some of the 
information about all the new gadgets and gear that's coming out. But as a overall, I guess, intro into what's about to happen for 2016, you're going to see a lot of what is called Internet of Things. For those that don't know what people who don't know what that is, this is basically all the random things in your house that are going to be connected to the Internet. So I'm talking about your refrigerator, your washer dryer, gotcha. you know, your your obviously your TV, your clock. But I mean, literally everything is going to be interconnected and talk to each other. I know you guys are familiar with like smart homes where you, you, you could on your phone, turn on the lights, lock the doors. Da, da, da. But really the big push that has been for the last couple of years and is starting to really show in terms of product is the Internet of Things product. So that's definitely going to be a huge thing. I'm looking forward to seeing more applications for stuff like Apple Watch. I actually won't refuse to buy one because I don't see the point. Uh, I don't see the point of my watch telling me to check my phone because I have a phone call. Like, Damn. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, well, I don't... I mean, I agree with that 100%. I, my, main, my main gripe with, with, with smart watches in general, just I just don't see where it's making my life easier. Or even keeping me away from using my phone as much. Um, so definitely looking forward to seeing more. And that's more on the software side. But definitely seeing, looking forward to seeing more of that. Um, is I, there, is it, sorry to cut you off. Is there any yeah. news about smart clothing? There is news about smart clothing. They, I mean, every year there's news about smart clothing. I mean, they have smart clothing. They have clothing like they have like. How close am I to having like a Venom suit like that can Like a symbiotic suit. Yeah, that I can just press a button mm. and it turns into like. You know, the mountain from Game of Thrones to if, beat somebody if up. If you're content something. with your clothing telling you how many calories you're burning, um, how much you're maybe you're sweating, how hot you are, your temperature, things like that, like your own health internals, stuff like that, that's, that's already here. That's, okay. That's yeah. already here. And, and, and like even like women, there's like bras that do that too. Really? Yes, 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 yes. So uh, like the whole thing about, about smart clothing, that's been here for a while and, and it's actually just just increased even more so especially now with the new internet of things stuff you know you'll get things where your washing dryer is telling you something about your shirt your shirt telling you something about what's going on wow. and it could, like it's that's the whole point invisibility to, cloak not yet no the visibility cloak has been that, made already yeah, that, that's I, saw, I saw that but it's, it's not wearable <laughs> i can't get it at urban outfitters <laughs> I mean, is my point it's i think not the like shot osama bin laden had it yeah it's not oh, like it's not yeah. like harry special Potter. forces Okay. I happen to think this whole internet thing of, of things is, is like the illest thing. Like the worst. Illest thing. Of course, it's the worst. You're, you're, I mean, it's but the you're running but it's towards. You're also. No, it's you're, running towards Skynet. You're running towards a singularity. Your venom suit is going to strangle you when it decides to. You're running you know? towards a singularity. Right. Because if everything's talking to each other, everything's interacting. Is your boat ready? Is all I'm asking. I will tell you that I, I won't even get a nest for my house, like the smart thermostat. I, I mean, this other stuff is fucking nightmarish to me. I mean, like literally. So you're down with like the old school oil heating and all this kind of. Dude, this is there's. I mean, I can't even think of anything that's worse than this. Like this is worse than racism. Oh, this is worse than homophobia. <laughs> this is worse than like really, violence Chico? against Wait, women. Really? Come on. Potentially, really, it's gonna. This is the end of humanity. We've been dealing with all that other stuff for all of the history of humanity. Can you imagine how short the Bible would be if they had smart shit in the Bible? It'd be over. Uh, I don't know about all I that. Don't know about it, you got, just because the technology is there doesn't mean it's going to lead you to fucking. It's always technology will always. Joe be Howard, the worst. like like you know, Nobody, holding the bomb in you, his hand. You have to always you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. no, you you have to always imagine like the what's the worst case scenario with you know. Like, when they invented the gun, they didn't imagine that, like, dudes were going to go into schools and shoot 25 children. Like, but that's that's what the invention of the gun brought. 
I don't know. Well, sure. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, All right. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a negative Nelly over here. <laughs> Definitely negative, negative Nelly. Nelly. Uh, negative ra- Nancy. Rounding yeah. up the the early CES news, uh, the Oculus Rift. The oh. pre-orders are going down on January 6th, Wednesday, January 6th. Um, it's going to include two games. Of course, there's no word on pricing, but bet your bottom dollar will be more than a couple hundred dollars. More so... Closer to a thousand, you think? Well, here's the thing. The dev kit for the new, a brand new dev kit is a thousand. Okay. And you could get one for use for about 500. But this is like the consumer version, so it's going to be... And it's, it's a standalone? It stands alone? Or you have to use you, it with a console or something? You have to use it with like a computer or whatever. Right. But um, yeah. So anyway, if you're interested in it, just you have to go to Oculus Rift website and they'll tell you. They said the day of the pre-orders, they'll tell you more. Um, yeah, January 6th. And also, this is actually big in the Twitterverse. Um, and it's going to happen, you guys. But uh, they're looking at possibly the first quarter, which is the, this, these next three months. They're actually going to try to increase the Twitter limit. To 10,000, though? Listen. 10,000 characters? I mean, that's like... So, let me explain. Let me, let me explain, because because I just like I did, too, I got all up in arms, like, what the fuck? Like, listen, so for people who, like, you know how they, they lifted the limit off DMs, direct right. messages, where yeah. you can, it seems like you go on forever. It's a 10K limit on there. They're looking to do the same for regular tweets. What they're trying to do is also appease the longtime users, but also bring in new users who are kind of weirded out by the whole only 140 characters. They're but doing the- that. They're doing that because what they're going to do is what you'll see is that their idea, one of the ideas is what you'll see is you'll still see a 140 character tweet, right? But if you happen to have written out something that was longer than that, you'll see the regular size tweet and then maybe and it will still be within Twitter, but the link to expand the tweet. So it's kind of like the Instagram photo that's not square. Like you just tap it and then you get the rest of the photo. Right, you can tap, you get the rest of the photo. But for the most part, the the size that they want, they realize that the shape and the size of of these of tweets is what makes Twitter work so well because you can turn off a lot of people when people start having if, if they were allowed full dissertations just to just you know scroll up and yeah, down. Then your it turns timeline. into Facebook. And exactly. It's like, yeah, and nobody wants Facebook. Facebook so, on Twitter. more like shitter than Twitter. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so they're so they're kind of, they're trying to avoid that, Chico. They're not. They're trying to keep the shape, keep the size, at least from a from a, a surface perspective, if you will. And also, they're thinking of changing the idea of of a reverse chronological timeline. Of for you guys who use Twitter on a daily basis, even those who are not sure, uh, when you look at Twitter now, or if you, if you if someone pulls a a group of tweets that maybe I've tweeted today. If you read it, the most recent is first, right. and then it goes from most recent to older. They're thinking of switching it. In that's, what that's, way? Yeah. I, I I hope they mean when, like, say for instance, you're posting tweets. Well, like, say you're you're doing a um, a website post, right? And you post in people's tweets, and you know how if you don't switch it yourself, people have to start from the bottom to read yes. up. If they're talking about that, then okay. I mean, there's stuff that does that already. It's still a Facebook aspect. But it's still though. a Facebook still, aspect. Well, like, how much Facebook they, are we going to have on they Twitter? Should, they should just change that bird to a condor or a dodo because those are extinct, and that's what Twitter's going to be if they do this. <laughs> Holy <laughs> Uh, Jack passenger, Dorsey. Passenger pigeon. I'm going to tweet Jack Dorsey and nice. tell him you're, you're, yeah. how upset you are. Um, but 
that is it for tech news. Again, go to fanbros.com to learn more about CES. So ironically, of all those, I think the Oculus Rift, I'm actually, I think the Oculus Rift is the future. I, I literally imagine the future is going to be the 99% of people who aren't in the 1% are going to be sitting in their little pods with, <laughs> with their virtual reality goggles eating like a gray nutrition paste. Right. They're going to be sitting on a little mat, and that's going to be all of their, like, that's what it's your people. whole life Soil is going to be. It's people. people. Yeah. No, no, but it's the people. idea is everyone's going to be in a virtual reality world like why would you if you have the choice of being in a, in a kung fu world where you have eight husbands and 16 wives like why why would you be in the real world you know speaking of some unreal stuff <laughs> star wars the force awakens has brought its domestic box office total to 742.2 million dollars it's already well over a billion dollars we'll be talking about worldwide right. and it's closing in on avatar's uh domestic record of 760.5 million so any day now it's, it's worth going to kill it. so it's worth pointing out that disney bought this from lucas for four billion dollars yeah they've already made over a billion on the first movie <laughs> and i know their stock went up two billion dollars mm -hmm. i mean it probably went back down again but the day the trailer was released like this is like the biggest bar this is literally like them buying manhattan for 42 well, he he did say he sold it to slavery. He did was for it white slavery. Yeah. And then he had uh, to walk had to it apologize. back. I know. He had to apologize. Listen, I know. George Lucas, don't ever compare anything involving the billions to slaveries unless you're talking yeah, about people being. Yeah, yeah. That was terrible. But come on. Come on, dude. Um, also, my who I'm calling Rocky Stallone, Sylvester right. Stallone, he is confirming basically that they're definitely going to make a Creed sequel. Um, MG, uh, Warner Brothers, oh MG, MGM, Warner Brothers slash New Line, they said they're definitely on board. They're financing the hell out of it. Um, he's ready. They're not sure if Ryan Coogler, who who is right. directing Black Panther now, they're not sure if he's going to be back, but it's definitely happening. They got to bring Ivan Drago's son in. I mean, there has to be like, um, seriously, <laughs> Ivan Drago you're holding, killed you're holding, Apollo. You're holding wait, on to like wait, a forty year old grudge. What are you the talking other thing, about? The other thing that's, that's kind of sad though is that he's not involved in the Rambo TV series, and if he's not involved with the Rambo, t I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. What, why do Rambo TV just create a new? I, I just want to point out that, that, that the Rocky with Ivan Drago came out after two, if not three, Rambo movies. Probably, yeah. But so he, it's more recent. If he dies, he dies. Look, I mean, Drago's great, but the, the Russians aren't even the bad guys anymore. No, but the yeah. idea is this dude killed his father. He killed Apollo Creed in sport, not on purpose. In sport. because he was taking too many steroids. And training in the in the in the Russian wilderness. All right. Well, when Ben gets back, he'll uh, he'll take you up on this. But, uh, you know, you I'm know, not going to fight you. That's an important part of the Creed story. You know, Ben will be happy to know, or sad. I don't know, if, depending on how you look at this. HBO Girls is going to end in 2017 during its sixth season. I know that's a favorite of DJ Ben. I mean, I know that and Shameless. And Shameless. Showtime Shameless. Um, no, but wait, he actually really likes Shameless. I don't think he really likes Girls. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like Shameless, too. Spoiler alert. Um, oh, but you know what? Also, it's funny. You know how everyone, you guys talked about True Detective, how season two. Yeah, it was right. terrible. Horrible, right? The president of programming blames himself. He took the blame. Where I didn't even see that, really? Yeah, yep. He blamed. He's I didn't think it was terrible. I think that everyone's expectations were too high because of the first one. If you watch the first one, you'll see how good it of is. Of course I know that the first, I mean, the first one's Come amazing, on. but. 
The second one isn't bad. It's just no, it's a lot ho- no, worse it's, it's than the horrible. first. It's horrible. It's horrible. It makes no sense. There's nothing going on. The only thing going on are people whining about their situations. I'll go on on a whole tangent right. about this. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll save it for another But, he, day. you know, he blames So his name is Michael Lim. Lombardo and he said he put much of the responsibility of season two being a fail because he became too quote unquote too much of a network executive he actually pushed the series creator Nick uh, Pizzolatto yeah. to get it done before it was ready and Nick I, I disagree but whatever that's what he says so he says he, he, he's saying in short uh, and I'm going to quote him, I set him up to deliver in a very short time frame something that's very challenging to deliver. That's not what the show is. He had to reinvent the wheel because he's rushed in. Did he get fired? Is that why he's saying this? No, he didn't get fired. Who's he's just, pulling his I tail? I mean, he's still... He's, Network execs he's still, never, never apologize. He's still the president of programming, but he's huh. he's he's essentially blaming himself. He said he, he rushed it to air, and that's why it sucks so bad. Via con Dios, homie. Yeah, what can you do? Um, Chico, I know you have a pick of the week. I certainly do. And uh, in keeping with uh, the discussion of Fry earlier, um, so the worst thing about Marco Polo, the Netflix show, is Marco Polo, the character. <laughs> and he's actually a pretty minor character in it. But um, so your Netflix. Pick is, your pick is Marco Polo? No, net, well, Netflix, uh, f- for those of you who haven't watched Marco Polo, Netflix released a one shot 30 minute special about 100 Eyes who is a really dope blind monk who advises Kubla Khan. And um, it's 30 minutes long, and it basically is the origin of 100 Eyes. 100 Eyes is a really dope Chinese monk who happens to look shockingly like Riza, um, who is not Chinese. Um, but um, th- this half-hour thing is really dope and is a great entry point into the Marco Polo universe mm. that everything about it is really dope, except for Marco Polo himself, who's basically Fry, except in, 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 the Mar- so in, in China he's, he's, instead of in space. He's just plain. Yeah. He, like, and so so what's your, where's your pick? So the pick is 100 Eyes, the 30-minute oh, special wow. that you can now see on Netflix. Is special better than... Well, it doesn't. No, I actually really like the series. It just doesn't contain. I mean, basically, it's mostly the con, um, hundred eyes, and and a bunch of other. You know, like uh, you know, there's no Marco Polo in it. Okay. And hundred eyes was one of the really dope characters. It would be like if Game of Thrones just released a half hour thing on the mountain, right, right, or on the hound or something like that. Okay. And, you know, it's basically the origin, how the guy became blinded, how he became to be one of the con's advisors, um, stuff like that. And it's a really great entry point into Marco Polo that the second season is coming in six months. But um, I would argue if you like the 100 Eyes special, you should definitely go back and watch season one. And anyone who's a fan of martial arts or Asian historical stuff, epics, will like the 100 Eyes thing. And I think we'll like Marco Polo. And it's basically like a really good appetizer for a really good meal or a meal that's mostly really good that has occasional, you know, bad bites in it. Occasional gas. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, wow. The for a half an hour show, that was a really yeah. long plug. <laughs> special. That was a really long plug. I mean, for it's, half an hour. it's dope. It's really dope. Seriously. Dope. Check it out. Anyone out there who's psyched about Lady Snowblood being released on Criterion Collection this month? Go see 100 Eyes on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we'll be right back to wrap up this episode of Fan Bro Show. 
Hey, what's up, fan bros? When you're not listening to the latest episode of Fan Bros, you can always head over to fanbros.com and check out our extensive library of episodes. We've had Juno Diaz, Prodigy from Mob Deep, DMC of Run DMC, and all kind of other people. Go on over to fanbros.com right now and check out that library. It's so many dope episodes. Yo, go crazy listening to them. Welcome back, Fan Bros. We hope you've been enjoying this episode of Fan Bros Show. Thank you to Rafer Roberts. We had an awesome time with him. Thank you so much for listening to this show. I know that we have some last closing items that we definitely want to cover. Mr. Chico Leo. What happens out of the what co- what happens out of the country stays in that country is what six or seven guys from this sure to be number one movie are saying after a crazy weekend which saw them participating in a same sex orgy at a club in Europe while what? promoting the movie. So what is this run on sentence that you're just <laughs> so what are you I, talking about? On January first, a gossip site on the internet reveals all their blind items on New Year's Day, and this was a blind item from last year. That was about a movie that had uh, six or seven male actors, although not the lead, who participated in the same-sex orgy while they were promoting the movie. So what's the movie? The movie is, it just says Captain America, so it doesn't say whether it was- what? Yeah, Captain America Winter Soldier or Captain America Civil War. So you're saying- But it said not what? the lead, so it's not Captain America. So dudes so six, had an orgy and so Captain dude, America. So dudes had, a lot of the dudes in Captain America Civil War or in Captain America Winter Soldier. So we need to think about that as we're watching these movies now. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't have to think about it at all. I'm just saying. I read this on a gossip oh. site on January 1st, and it was it was related Chico, to fan bros. I would never peg you as a gossip head. Yeah. Just letting you know. You know I'm just curious. It is interesting because I only been reading this. I don't read it every day. I read it every couple of months. I'll read it for like 20 minutes. But no, what got me into it was a story where Robert Downey Jr., uh, after his Iron Man success, actually went on here to back up a story that was on here. Wait, wait. You're saying Rob Downey Jr. co-signed a gossip he story? He co-signed a gossip story about two or three years ago. What and was that the was, story? Uh, the story was about uh, Hayden Panettiere and oh, his parents ripping her out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. But anyway, my thing is, if they write it on the internet and nobody sues, then you got to believe it. Wow. I know you had some stuff. Yeah, I just wanted to shout out uh, R.I.P. to the Space Cowboy himself, Riley Martin, friend of the aliens. For you Howard Stern fans out there, Riley was the black Space Cowboy who was abducted and was always talking future knowledge. And apparently he passed away this afternoon and he had the best radio voice, man. So anyway, peace out. See a Space Cowboy. See a Space Cowboy. Rest in power also to Natalie Cole, who, oh, yes. who died over the, the holiday break. Um, daughter of Nat King Cole, uh, just, I mean, she, she she also suffered throughout the through her life, but, you know, and I know she was, she's I don't know how much she's ever got over her dad dying, but definitely, you know, salutes to her, salutes to her body of work, salutes to her contribution to the music industry. Um and one thing that always makes me smile, if you go to YouTube right now, just type in Natalie Cole Whitney Houston 
um, when she, I think it's the American Music Awards, um, when Natalie Cole said a few words about as she won an award over Whitney, and it was it was just really. It actually made me tear up a little bit. Didn't they really duet sad. there? Because I've seen them yeah, they duet. Yeah, they've yeah, they've yeah, done yeah, duet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah YouTube yeah. preserves everything. Of course. Yeah, so rest in power to her. All right, fam bros. We are out of here. Again, thank you so much for listening to the show. Make sure this week and maybe even next week we have a survey that's out on the interwebs right now. If you go to fanbros.com, right there on the front page, you'll see a link to our survey. This survey is serving two purposes. We want to know more about what you, the fanbros, like about the show. We want to know what you think we can do better with the show. And we're also taking nominations for our first ever awards episode. Uh-oh. So this is big deal. I mean, we're talking about favorite movie, favorite book, favorite comic, favorite anime, favorite manga, things like that. I mean, we're really trying to go hard. So definitely hit up fanbros.com. Click that survey. Re- uh, finish it. Tell everybody you know. Get it done. And per usual, make sure you t- subscribe to us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Stitcher. Follow us on Facebook. Like us. Follow us on Twitter. Like us. Follow us on Instagram. Right. Just everything. You know you want to be part of the fan Singularity. Fanbros singularity. That's right. Your, your freaking, what is it? Your, your uh, refrigerator is going to have Fanbros on it. Mine won't. Fan Bros. Fan Bros. Fan Bros. Fan Bros. Fan Bros. Fan Bros.